The Roundtable is a casual conversation between members of the ICO Alert team. At no point should anything said during this podcast be construed as legal, tax, financial, or investment advice. For sake of transparency, members of this week's podcast own the following coins. Bitcoin, Ethereum, EOS, Stellar, IOST, Doge, Tron, and Walton Chain. You gotta, like, have, you gotta have like notes. Yeah. Like that. All right. What are you saying? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, just remember to uh, address the cameras, boys. Welcome back. They want to see your pretty faces. <laughs> Cheers, folks. Welcome back to the. What is this? This. 15th installation the 16th installation? 65th installation of the round table the 67th installation of the round table mm. boom we're here baby yeah now we've had a bit of drama as of late you know not the usual drama that we see between uh the round table and everything is it pronounced eos e EOS? Is this a, a Earth why are you pushing system. this joke every every episode? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we used to call our fans round tablers. True. And we thought that was a good name for the people that watch our show here. But we had someone reach out, a Mr. Daniel Williams on Twitter, and he's actually got the blue check mark. He's verified, which in today's world, I mean what's that worth, right? It's it's like a billion dollars in fiat. A billion dollars in fiat. Wow. By the way, we have a guest here with us today from the ICO Alert family, Mr. Ryan Dennis, head of content. I like that part of the family. I we are a family. a family. Before. How you doing, Ryan? <laughs> I'm feeling good, man. I'm happy to be here. It's, a, it's, a good, it's good guys to be between. I mean that in so many different ways. Hmm. So we actually we actually recorded an episode with Ryan, um, I want to say in July. Yeah, it was too hot for radio. It was too hot for radio. We got a little bit too crazy, and uh, we never published it. So we, had we, figured to, we had to ice it. We had to ice it. We had to ice it. It got cut in post-production. Uh, I'll tone it down. Yeah. So tone it down, Ryan. Thank you. Basically, the globalists are, are listening, and we're all on the same team here. All right. So welcome back to the roundtable. We always start the episode by going over some of our YouTube comments from mm. last week. Our YouTube comments got a little bit out of control last week. A little week. rowdy. First first video content, so yeah, it did get rowdy in the comments section. Do Com- you th- go ahead? Comment down. Comment down. Do you think it was because you're giving away your most prized crypto kitty to our favorite comment? I think it's because they finally saw your face for the first time. And they're like, oh my god. <laughs> well, they cut up on yeah. They 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 killed me. They killed my jean jacket. Mm, that was that was a hundred percent. Oh, are we getting to the comments already? Well, yeah. Let's let's dive right in. Okay. Why don't uh, you got any you got any lined up there? Well, my favorite comment and the one that would win the competition, yes, is John Funches. Uh, he commented cl- saying the '90s just called. They asked for your jean jacket back, which I completely agree with. That was a little, uh, you know, outdated. I don't know. I don't know about that one. Okay. First of all, jean jean jackets are in. They're coming back. Yeah. My wife, it's all cyclical. My wife bought me that, and she's all about style, so she knows. Okay. Yeah, you got to defend your wife's fashion sense here, and right. also it was more of a denim than a jean jacket. When I think jean jacket, I'm thinking like a thick greaser jacket. It was mm. more of like a 
like a denim flannel. Right. Yeah. It wasn't a what do they call it? Canadian tuxedo. Ah. Uh. <laughs> the people who wear the jean jacket and the in the denim. That's the exact same uh, color. And to your defense, there was a little bit of a windbreaker. Yeah. This was actually like a hunting and fishing and game trapping outfit that I was wearing last week. So <laughs> just in case you didn't know, ICO alert round tablers. Okay. Um, I, I hunt I, and I game trap. So, you know, when I'm not talking crypto, I'm out there on the frontier. That's not true. That, yeah, that's actually total <laughs> bullshit. What was your favorite comment? Let's go. Um, so my favorite comment from last week, I guess we are going to have to uh, kind of abbreviate these now since there are so many since we're getting so popular, mm-hmm. uh, we do still appreciate all the comments we're getting. And if you give us a great comment, we're likely to, uh, to give you a shout out. But let me bring up the actual video, which is why I continue to stall. So I would probably say my favorite comment is from Rich Willard. Uh, he was, of course, also talking shit on us. He said, you guys need to make notes and not improvise so much. Most of the podcast was wasted time in my view. Wow, Rich. Well, first of all, if most of the podcast, if you can have an opinion on most of the podcast, that means that you watched most of, of the podcast. <laughs> so if that was a waste of your fucking time, then maybe just don't watch the podcast ever again, Rich. You know, it's not like we have other things going on in our lives trying to, you know, pump out content all across the, the ether of crypto. And, you know, you, you think we should make show notes. So this week for you, Rich, we made show notes. So hopefully we don't waste Rich's fucking time this week so bad. That's how you take criticism. Yeah. That's the way. Tell us how you really feel. Take it in stride. Whatever. Hey, Rich, say what you want, man. It's the (laughs) internet. Nothing wrong with a little hot sauce. Yeah. I mean, you can only, you probably only can say what you want for so much longer on the internet until. Mm, Until we're gone. Until we're not allowed to say anything on the internet anymore. So anyway, boys, let's get into a little crypto news for the folks out there for Rich Willard. Well, first of all, are we going to award your crypto kitty to? Well, I mean, we have to take a vote. So okay. if we had to take a vote on air, which which comment is getting the crypto kitty? I think you I think you should be the one that decides because it is your crypto kitty. You named him. You said what was the value of the crypto kitty when you first bought him? Uh, somewhere around like two hundred bucks. Two hundred bucks. Wow, that's a lot. That's an yeah. expensive. Cat. You sure you want to give that away? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. It's worth like five cents now, so it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, look. Choose between the 90s just called, they want your jean jacket back, or you asshats, I was laughing at the six-minute mark because I'm only watching this thinking Rob was going to talk about EOS. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, I, how about we let Ryan decide? Mm. Um, I mean, listen, I think that the best comments are the ones that have a touch of uh, positivity and a twist, and I think that that was funny. It showed that they were watching. And listen, as much as we battle and beef with everything EOS, and you guys love to hate on them, I think that you have to give a shout out to the the watchers. The wow! Listeners. So Kirk in round twelve with the knockout to John Funchess. Uh, Kirk, get us your contact information. If you play Crypto Kitties, if you don't, it's fine. Don't contact us at all, and I'll keep my Crypto Kitty. Um, but if you do, get us your contact information. Team at ICO Alert, and we can, uh, you know. Get you that crypto kitty. Yeah, and, and Funchess, I know you really were counting on that, you know, the fashion faux pas comment. But listen, man, if you don't know fashion, it is cyclical. Like you said, and the 90s are back. They're back. You, you saw the response comment, right? We did our research. 27% mm. people are, more people are searching jean jacket on Etsy this year than last year. It's yeah. real. So maybe you can come a little bit harder at our fashion today. I tried to go as neutral as possible 
with a great quarter zip. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. if you if you want to come at us, come at us a little bit harder than that, and maybe we'll think about giving you some free, worthless digital pets. Yeah, and you, you can't game trap in an ICO alert hoodie. Right. True. Yeah. Right. So Everyone anyway, know. to get to some of the news, uh, again, always thank you for commenting, you guys. If you reach out to us on YouTube or on SoundCloud, we are likely to mention it on the show. You'll become just as famous as I am. Uh, you'll definitely become just as famous as Q is. You might become about half as famous as I am. Uh, and Ryan, I mean, he's like, you know, in the stratosphere. It's really hard to become as famous as this guy. I'm glad we got you on today's episode because there are some big headlines for us to talk about today. I'm really excited. This is actually my favorite show of the day. Wow. Ooh, just of the day. Just of the day. I, mean, I don't like the. Is, a is there another the show? Year, is there know? another show that you're going to after this? He's got another show. He's I don't, a, listen, this is the, right now. I'm living in the present. You're it's here. all about the roundtable right now. You know. What do you like about the roundtable? I think people like the roundtable. I like the roundtable because people like the roundtable. Whatever mm. the people like, I feel like that says something. Okay, and I like that it's candid. Um, I think that this was also a show that was it was started with Rob as well. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's a kind of a compilation of all the different shows. Right. And I think the most important thing about it is that there's not really a lot of places where you can hear people just riff on topics without kind of, you know, shilling something. You know what I mean? When gotcha. I see when I see podcasts, everybody has like they're kind of pushing a Bitcoin maximalism. Mm. They're kind of pushing something. Right. They yeah. got an agenda. There's no agenda here. And, but mm. we have notes now we do we, have, do. we have yeah. show notes so. thank god for that guy i don't know where we'd be without notes yeah where would this podcast be we would definitely not have gotten as far into any substantial content as we already have this episode because we're killing it with the substantial content now almost 10 minutes into the, into the show so let, let's get around to uh something that and, and this is a huge reason why ryan's actually on this episode um we had mentioned, I think it was a couple episodes ago, when we had Mike on the show, a little project called Walton Chain. Mm. And we talked about uh, a bit of a uh, fumble they had with their social media. where Snafu, if you will. Yeah. So, they, so Walton Chain, if you're not familiar, they had done a, a giveaway on Twitter for, I think it was some of their native tokens. Is that correct? Uh, it was a sweepstakes. It was a gift package. Probably had a couple, you know, fruit pie, fruit cakes in there. Mm. Something. I don't know. And, and it turns out the winner was actually someone from the Walton Chain team <laughs> yeah. that just made a new account, forgot to switch accounts, and then went into Twitter and said, wow, I can't believe I won on the Walton switch- Chain official <laughs> Twitter. So it looked like Walton Chain had actually won their own sweepstakes. Uh, now, Ryan, being a huge investor in Walton Chain himself... In the uh, past, no in, longer. In the past, okay, no longer. Well, he, but- he also didn't tell me that he sold all his Walton Chain, but yes. I don't give ahead. investment advice. <laughs> So, uh, so Ryan, um, the people were asking to hear more about Walton Chain. So why don't you just give us kind of a, a reason why you thought this was a good idea and maybe why you're out of it now? Um, well, I'm not going to talk about why I joined or ended or left any cryptocurrency assets, but I will tell you what I know about the Walton Chain project because uh, it is a legitimately interesting RFID tag um, technology. So RFID tags is a technology that was created by a man named Charles Walton, which the project is named after. So basically these RFID tags, it's kind of like from the future. So if you have a whole rack of clothes, you know, say you know there was a shirt on Q's side and a shirt on Evan's side, mm-hmm. uh, you could actually, when some, if somebody pulls a shirt off of a, off of a shelf, 
and you scanned, you could actually see, like you just scanned the whole rack, you could actually see that there was a shirt that was just taken off the rack. And that can that immediately can be put onto the ledger of a blockchain. That's the goal. Uh, so okay. these RFID tags can actually, they're like lasers that can, you, they can go through different materials. So you don't even need tags in a re retail store full of RFID tagged clothing. You just need scanners and you can see how much material is in the store at any given time. And it's, uh, it's incredible. So basically what they were trying to do or what they are trying to do is use parent chains and child chains. So the mm. problem with a lot of blockchains is, you know, is it scalable? How do you handle the scalability for like, a, you know, Amazon if they're doing shipping, right? There's so many different units. Right. So they would create these things called parent and child chains, which I think that they invented. I, I don't, I haven't seen any ones that are older than theirs, but basically the way it works is you can actually say, if I have 12 stores, I can make a, a child chain for each one of my stores. Those will be their own blockchains and they have a parent chain. So whenever a, one of those stores gets a lot of sales or they get too many units and the scalability starts to mess up, even that child chain can make another child chain, which is a clone, but it works together with the, with the other child chain. So mm. you have children chains, I guess. And this parent right. chain is still documenting everything on the ledger. So that combined with the RFID technology, supposed to be a concept that's kind of mixing blockchain, IOT, and um, this really cool tag that, you know, RFID. So shout out to the Walton Chain team. They're in China. Um, I love the uh, Telegram group. I was a big member back in the day. But, you know, I needed to be more objective for the ICO Alert content team. So I just, I sold all my assets, Q, mm -hmm. just to let you know. Thanks. Yeah. I'll be holding, I'll be holding for all of us here, holding it down. So uh, following the Walton. Modeling. Just a little hodling. Following the Walton Chain scandal, if you will, uh, we had a little scandal in the office the other day on our Telegram. Uh oh. Uh, what, ha what, what, what happened there, Ryan? So, so this is known as a classic dump and pump. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm trying to dump and pump the brand here. You know what I mean? So my theory about the Walton Chain snafu was that they purposely had this accident with their sweepstakes to get attention, because the next day. They had an announcement, I believe, or not the next day, but the next week, they had an announcement with Alibaba. So as soon as the price tanked, because people are like, what a disorganized project. Right. They have somebody from their internal team winning the sweepstakes. What's going on over there? It's a mess, especially in Asia where everything's very organized and business is very, you know, straight-laced. Hmm. Then they have a huge announcement. Price goes up. So on Telegram, I was just thinking, you know, let me, let me shill ICO alert a little bit on our Telegram. <laughs> And um, ever since then, it's just been, things have been going great for our, our price here at ICOL, right? Our token's up now, right? Yeah, our token's totally up. 10,000%. 10, I got an email, I got an email uh, you know, from a client the other day that was trying to push out a, uh, you know, an email campaign that we were doing. And they, were, they gave me a subject line that said, the next 1,000x blockchain project. And I, was, I literally had to reread the sentence and then you know, get back to him and say, we can't use this line. Like, what in the wh who in their right mind would use this line to sell their project? The next thousand X. I mean, I I bought it right after I saw it too. Yeah. That's, so that's one of the things. Well, you I know, did. if the team is guaranteeing that, I mean, it's coming straight from the horse's mouth. Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe they saw your block talk. That must be it. Mm. You know. Yeah. Is your crypto portfolio wrecked? Yes. Yeah. I, I think we should do a segment one of these days on like the worst emails we've ever received or worst LinkedIn messages mm. we've ever received mm. because 100%. I've gotten some really bad ones yeah. where people will say, we're going to build you an entire crypto portfolio <laughs> and token and we're going to launch the project 
and we're gonna do it for less than a hundred bucks. I what? think that would be a good show. Yeah, yeah I would do that. Ten minutes. Ten minutes next episode. Okay, so it. if you want to see that, um, don't even fucking comment because we're gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, so uh, you know, just to look out for on next episode, Q and I will uh, we'll, we'll dig out some bad emails we've gotten from people in marketing mm. or or whatnot and try and share that with you. Also, a little preview for next week's episode. Uh, we've got Bill Ottman, who is going to do an interview with us. Uh, I'm personally pretty excited about this. He runs a platform called Minds.com, mm. um, and it's a it's a social media it's a decentralized social media platform. They're not doing an ICO. They've been in business since 2015. Uh, they actually have over a million users, and in order for the users to even earn on the platform, you have to have a unique uh, telephone number. So it kind of combats the issues we've seen with the other. Uh, mm. decentralized platforms with people just creating a million uh, accounts. accounts and you know commenting and kind of like hack mining through mm. that kind of method um, and very interestingly enough I was interested in it because of all sort of the social media banning of big names in the West but uh, Vietnam just had a huge purge of a lot of people in their social media essentially uh, the government in Vietnam was did a massive ban of anyone that was advocating any kind of free speech on Facebook. Mm. And now there's been a huge surge of users from Vietnam going to minds.com. And since July, their Alexa ranks climbed up into the top like 3,500 websites on the US. Wow. And it's a blockchain social media project. So it's uh, it looks promising. And I'm excited to talk to him. He's been on a lot of major platforms. So I feel like uh, we're getting our name out there. And you said that the platform is pretty similar to what they're doing over at Steam, but on the Ethereum protocol? Yeah, so the it's it's a little bit different because I believe with Steam, when you post, uh, things stay permanent. Mm -hmm. And we'll ask them about this. I, I think it'll be it'll be good for our audience to compare why, you know, why is this different from Steam? There's a bunch of people mm -hmm. out there claiming to have the next social media platform mm -hmm. uh, on a blockchain. But... With Steam, I believe every post uh, is is hashed and then put onto the blockchain. Whereas with this, most of the most of the interaction, uh, you know, it's it's a very Twitter like um, mm. UI UX. Most of the interactions are off the blockchain, and then the certain ways that you can make payments or tip people that are on chain transactions. So, so we'll we'll have to talk to him about that next week. Though I'm looking forward to it. He's going to be. Um, one of the bigger guests that we've had. So, you know, stay tuned if you're interested in that kind of stuff for next week. Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's continue. Let's let's talk about some of the other news going on. How about the whole, if, speaking of uh, dump and pump or pump and dump, how about the whole ripple thing going on last week? What was that all about? Yeah, Q, Q knows a lot about XRP. If you guys don't know, this is something I talk about at the office all the time. <laughs> Please tell me. Please tell you know, me. Uh, Q's a little bit of an XRP expert. Yeah. He's an excerpt. Yeah, that's actually his nickname yeah. off camera. This yeah. is the first I'm hearing of all of We've this. We've given so it away. That's great. I, I actually personally know Carlos Matos. Yes. We're, really? we're, we're cell phone buddies. No, nice. not at all. I've never even touched Ripple with a 10-foot pole. Hey, hey. Well, okay, so you did you did say that you're getting into Stellar, though. I did say I'm getting into Stellar. I like the partnerships that they made. Anything that IBM touches essentially kind of turns to gold. Yeah. Uh, I don't know exactly, and I don't know the exact you know uh, description of what IBM is into. But uh, if you're partnering with IBM, you're doing something right. Uh, but I'm I'm into protocols more than I'm into you know other smaller tokens. So. Right. Um, Stellar, I think IOST is one that we've always talked about. 
Um, I'm looking to, you know, see these other protocols come to life. So Stellar is definitely one of them. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, I don't think people give enough credit to IBM because they're building basically blockchain solutions or trying to around cloud computing. So they're kind of trying to bridge the gap between cloud computing, which was an exciting technology everybody was talking about yep. before blockchain kind of came out in the masses. So shout out to them. I think as a large company, they're like the only one that's like all in. They've been yeah. all in and they've got hundreds of thousands of employees. So. Yeah. I've actually seen uh, IBM commercials that mentions blockchain during football games now, mm. which if you're looking for an audience on TV, I mean, if you're looking for an audience in crypto, the first place you should be going is ICOalert.com and you should be, you know, getting in touch with myself or, you know, Ryan or, uh, you know, one of us uh, because we're, you know, <laughs> huge personalities in the space. Jesus. <laughs> getting lit up. All right, I'm out of here. <laughs> but, but it's cool to, you know, see uh, during main, um, you know, primetime football games actually seeing yeah. IBM mention some of their projects. I think one last night I saw was... Uh, some sort of shipping logistics thing, and they talked about blockchain in in the commercial, and that's a word that you would never hear on TV other than, you know, some ridiculous speculation about Silk Road. Uh, you you didn't hear that on a a commercial that's advertising a product or a service. Mm -hmm. So very interesting indeed. Yeah, I think uh, IBM should they should change their name to International Blockchain Machine. <laughs> they should. The stock will go right up. What I mean. is the what does IBM stand for now? Uh, International Business Machines. Is that international what business yep international business machines. thank god i got that right there's so many people out <laughs> there that are like these fucking idiots don't know what ibm stands for <laughs> so yeah um anyway i think uh the whole ripple thing was kind of out of nowhere what did it go it pumped like 80 percent or something who's surprised here i'm not no what, i'm not what what, what what why aren't you surprised about it i'm not surprised at anything that happens with ripple who knows what the hell's going on with them yeah but the, the fact that they pumped 80 percent and then dumped immediately um, they're still up like 40% from they, last week. True. Yeah, there is some some movement. Did you see anything, any news come out? No, that's yeah, the thing. I don't know what. I don't well, I don't really care. I think the surprising thing about it is that the market's being pretty quiet. And then you see like, oh, there's 80% gains still out right. there. Like, yeah. Everybody's just shocked. Like, is the bear market over? Like, is this a sign? Mm -hmm. I think that also, if you look at Twitter, if you look at Reddit, People are really only talking about institutional investors mm -hmm. and Wall Street and all of these big powers that be combining with blockchain. And whether you like them or not, uh, or love them or not, uh, Ripple has been down with the banks in, from a certain perspective, trying to bring banking to blockchain. And a lot of people on Wall Street or institutional investors, they probably like the sound of that. I've spoken on a panel with a uh, head of strategy from Ripple, and they're legitimately everywhere trying to do everything. Their team is super duper serious, so when they pump or dump, I, I say, hey, they, they're working hard regardless. So my question is, like, if you are interested in one project, it's the same as it was when things were pumping, right? Mm. What's the next announcement? What are they working right. on? Like, are, like I, we should, it makes you want to research what has Ripple been doing. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, from my perspective, if you're following projects, always research what, they're, what have you done for me lately, mm -hmm. you know? I, a centralized cryptocurrency is just not my my thing, my cup of tea. So you're you know. all about that decentralized cup of tea. What about Binance Coin? What about it? Well, it's a centralized company. It's a you're always show on that. Yeah. yeah, but they have his other nickname is Binance Q. <laughs> <laughs> Quietness. Keep going. Quietness. Wow. Quietness. Wow. <laughs> I'm just gaining nicknames by the minute here. <laughs> 
<laughs> shout out to Binance. Binance, Binance is a utility token. We had that. We we had that conversation about um, uh, Lorshin's, uh, you know, podcast today yeah. with with uh, Zhao, and you know, people had you know varying opinions on what was going on with that podcast. But uh, I mean, I hold Binance Coin. Are you, are you really trying to get them to? Can you just read it out loud instead of trying to indirectly? Uh, it says fiat is for people who don't like beer. From our friends over at Celsius. <laughs> Shout uh, out Celsius. Yeah. Man, shout Great out. team there. I think that's hilarious. I'm here. So I'm here. That's yeah. why I've been showing it. Okay. Now that we got that out of the way, can we continue? Well, yeah. So another <laughs> thing I wanted to mention about the whole Ripple going up 80% in a week is what what coin is going to be next? Mm. You know? Like, mm. it, seemed, it was seemingly like that happened with no news. Um, there had to have been a huge surge of volume to cover a lot of the, the sell orders that were put in. Mm-hmm. And... If that happens to a coin that you're holding now, is your strategy to dump after you see an 80% gain in one day? Or are you going to ride it out? You know, because I think a lot of people, they, they claim to be in it for the long term. Yeah. They say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all about the fundamentals. I'm going to go long term. But if you see an 80% pump in a day, I mean, that's parabolic. You can't sustain that kind of growth. Yeah. So do you hedge a little bit? Or what, what would you guys do if, if your bags went up 80% in a matter of 48 hours? Well, I mean, you probably would still hold because 80% is not getting you even above water from where you're at, hmm. you know? Uh, you, so, like, in your circumstance, you're saying... Well, most bag holders, their portfolios went down 80%, you know, right. overall. So, an 80% pump isn't going to get you back it's to... It's kind of getting you, to you back a, to break even. You need 160% to get Yeah, exactly. Point. Yeah, you would, need, you would need, you know, multiples of, you know... Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you see what I'm 80% saying? 80% down isn't the same as... 80% up. Yep. Well, I think, you know, if you're, if you care about a technology, if you care about a project, you don't care if it goes to zero. If you don't care about it, you're going to be freaking out about the price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're, if you're more concerned with the price than the project, then you don't know what the fuck you're doing. In my, from my perspective, or else you're, you're just a day trader who just wants to make, you know, you just like watch charts, which is cool too. Whatever you do, that's cool. Yeah. But if you're, if you are somebody who hodls, you legitimately like blockchain, you like crypto, you like what these companies are doing, then an 80% gain, you don't even blink an eye. Mm-hmm. But if, if you bought at the bottom, me and you were talking about this, if you bought right about now and the, it pumped 80%, absolutely. If it pumped 20%, we're like taking gains. Yeah, yeah. There was a kid down, I, I, I went to Atlanta to watch uh, my college uh, play a game, a football game there. And uh, one of the guys there was like, yeah, I, you know, I bought Dogecoin and it's up 20%. I was like, dude, sell that immediately. <laughs> <laughs> nothing nothing is going up 20% in this market. So if you would go up 20%, best believe that's not happening in a week's time. And, and well, lo and yeah. behold, yeah. I'm sure with all the Doge people out there, I'll catch a lot of shit for saying this. But if, if you're holding Doge and it goes up 20%, that's got to be one that you sell. I mean... What is the what? It, like what is it? Doge is like the new stable coin. I feel like <laughs> yeah. Doge has actually done pretty well in this market. Yeah, it's it's positive or it kind of st- stayed sideways. I've got Doge on a hard drive somewhere, sitting around. It's either it's probably in the bottom of a landfill. Actually, you're a meme. Yeah, nice. So isn't Doge going to the moon? Didn't aren't they sending physically? Yes, they're yeah. sending. Do you, it do you guys there. remember? I I don't know if you guys remember this. The Doge community sent the jamaican bobsled team to the olympics yeah it's awesome and what year was that the people's coin that means they've already done a lot more than, <laughs> than most most projects. yeah let's see I'll, that I'll was look so up. cool I, I was that was when i was heavy into doge because i thought uh <laughs> i thought 
Bitcoin was a bubble and it was like $180. And I was like, ah, I missed the, I missed the train on that one. But maybe Doge will be it because like Doge is the exact same thing as Bitcoin, the, the underlying technology. Yes. And so it's, it, I was just like, well, why can't Doge be the next thing? Like, who gives a shit? It's just a, you know, it's a store of value or it's, it was actually faster to transact because you could tip people on Reddit uh, to kind of get them into the Doge community. And I remember I had a bunch of Doge on a, on a Reddit account and I would just in the middle of conversations, like comment threads, I would just tip people Doge and it would get them to be like, what the hell is this? Like now I have money and they would come into the community. It was a lot of fun. And, mm. uh, there was a big push to send the Jamaican bobsled team. 2014 January. Was it Sochi or was that more recent? Uh, oof. I have no idea. Yeah. Sochi. So anyway, you guys remember the movie cool runnings with, uh, John Candy and the, Jamaican bobsled team mm -hmm. that was like the it was like a meme that became a meme and they were like holy shit like did you guys know like the Jamaican bobsled team doesn't have enough funding to get to the Olympics this year and of course who's the man for the job Doge, Doge. <laughs> so shout out to Jamaica shout out to bobsledders everywhere yeah shout out, you know and I think you're talking about Doge you know I would like to make an announcement to be honest with you I think that bag shaming needs to stop if I like Doge, if I like Tron, if I like whatever, just why are you naming like Doge it. and Tron, dude? If I like, why EOS, would I, under, if I ever like shame Walton anyone Chain. for those? Yo, shout out to ICO Alert Coin too. It's going 100x. <laughs> um, if I like a coin, let me like it. If I like a project, right. let mm -hmm. me like it. If you think a project is stupid, keep it to yourself. It's like, oh, I like the color red. That's the worst fucking color. It's never gonna be that fashionable again. Who, why do you? Why do we talk like that about projects? Yeah, yeah. or like people's fashion, like wearing a jean jacket. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna buy yeah, who, who a jean jacket today. We should all wear a jean jacket yes. on the podcast yeah. one time. That's yeah. gonna happen. I, I, I can see where you're coming from, Ryan. Yeah. I, 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 and I like that. Uh, but I think some people complain because you're talking about coins that are within the same industry. Mm. So they're talking shit on each they're other. Competitive. Yeah, they're they're, they're, they're competing. Yeah, Jesus. they're competing. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of get where you're coming from on that. Uh, I do think that some of these coins are within the same industry. So, um, you know, there's always going to be inherently some shit talk that goes on between tokens and projects that are with doing the same thing or within the same industry, just like a Nike Under Armour or something like that. Yeah, I, I just think that if you are if you really like blockchain, you really like crypto, mm -hmm. then you, you're a little bit anarchist and you're a little bit like you care about people, like you care about transparency, you care about banks not screwing people over, that should unite you more than it makes you hate other people. Like if you think somebody is wasting their time looking at a project more than your favorite project, then you should become an educator about your favorite projects instead of a hater. Right. Haters are losers and haters don't read very well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's just, I, I really love, you know, music and pop culture. And I think music is very interesting because people get very fanatic just like they do about crypto coins. Mm. But haters don't get anywhere. Whereas rabid fans, they get rewarded. They get they get shout outs on Twitter, on podcasts like this. So if you really love a coin, mm. educate people about your coin. If you really hate a project, ask yourself what you're doing with your life and how many gains you've ever made off of hating or fudding a project. If you're fudding, you're basically the same as the government and big banks. Boom. Boom. Wow. Hot take here. Hot, hottest take I've ever seen on Flutters this podcast. Flutters are the same as the government. <laughs> you only hear that shit on the ICO Alert Roundtable. <laughs> I, I, just to kind of play off your guys' point, though, I think it's interesting how much 
there is like misinformation out there. And this happens in the regular stock market too, on like message boards and weed stocks. And you get to the dregs of, uh, you know, stock mm -hmm. twits and all these apps where people can interact, even like the Yahoo comment section, mm -hmm. people will just put out FUD or just make shit up or make up news announcements and rumors and stuff. But for, for crypto, especially since everything's kind of like in a blockchain, like decentralized the world type, um, you know, mentality, um, it would be interest. It would be interesting to see where the world would be if there wasn't so much, f like, you know, fudding and people that kind of become tunnel visioned on one project. And like, how how well do you think? Let me put it this way: How well do you think a YouTube video would be if you put it out and you just did a thirty second explanation of every single project at a thirty thousand foot level? You know, a very high level, a thirty second explanation of of Bitcoin, and then say. The next thing closest to Bitcoin is, you know, uh, Dogecoin. What is Dogecoin? And then be like, Dogecoin is kind of like a meme. Other people might think a meme is Tron, but Tron is actually this. And then you talk about Tron and then you say some of the competitors of Tron are EOS or NEO or and then like just a, if you covered every single one and then let people kind of decide for themselves because mm -hmm. it's so hard. There's so many projects out there mm -hmm. that you ignore a ton of them and like. For example, Hashgraph is one that I never knew anything about. And then as soon as we started working with Hero FM, like now we're kind of thrown into the world where I have to learn about that. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to see and be in this position where we don't really have the, um, w we don't have the ability in our position at ICO Alert to, to become narrow-minded. I mean, a lot of people think that we're like huge EO shills around here. But at the end of the day, we're open-minded to every protocol. Yeah, you know? yeah, we have to be. It's yeah. it has to be part of our job. And uh, why wouldn't you be? Why wouldn't you want to kind of hedge your bets and be involved in all these, or yeah. at least look into them a little bit? You never know. Mm. Once you pick one project, it, there's there's a million different things that could happen that could fuck up a protocol. A million yeah. things. Yeah. And there's a million things that could happen that could push a protocol that you never would have thought would have been the next great thing to becoming the next best thing. Mm -hmm. Look how projects like like myspace that take over social media everybody thinks that that's never going to get dethroned and then all of a sudden you know facebook comes along and it's you, no one's ever heard of myspace now yeah and even facebook stock has been going down up and down all year and i think in general if that would be a really that would be a viral video if you did an hour of 30 second reviews of every coin but i, I think you know shout out to the big bitcoin maximalist a lot of shout outs today everybody needs a shout out Shout out to Ethereum maximalists. It's cool that you think that your coin is going to become the only coin and it's the only thing that really matters, it's the most important thing. But I have this to say. To Bitcoin maximalists, you guys are like Yankees fans. I'm a Yankees fan. You guys are like, you're like Patriots fans. You know you're number one. You know you got the largest project out there. You know it's the most expensive cryptocurrency. You mm -hmm. know that you're the use case for the industry. You got Satoshi Nakamoto as your captain. That's all cool. But... Shouldn't you want other crypto companies to come into the space? Don't you want something else to be something else to replace all the other parts? Because if you really love Bitcoin for what it is, then you hate double spend. You hate what the banks have done to people. You hate what happened during the recession. You hate corruption. And you're really right. about blockchain. Yeah. You know, so if you're not if you're hating on another coin, you're also hating on Bitcoin. Because Bitcoin is a project 
based on blockchain. I think Bitcoin maximalists get upset because they feel like when these illegitimate projects come into the space, it almost like casts a cloud on them as well. Mm. Class a cloud on cryptocurrency. Uh, like, so they're just basically from afar saying, what the hell is this? This is We're not associated with this. I don't want to be associated with this because Bitcoin is going to do all of these things. Right. That's, that's at least my thought process on Bitcoin maximalists. Yeah. Well, and with Bitcoin, it's interesting. I think Pete actually brought this point up to me. He said, you know, Bitcoin is the still is the ultimate uh, use case for blockchain with the double spend problem and the, you know, the trustless transaction system. There hasn't been a pure use case for blockchain yet that's come out. Smart contracts. Y yeah. OK, that's probably the next the next step. Right. Mm -hmm. But with with Bitcoin, if there's going to be another competitor that is the. Um, that's going to take over as the store of value or the world store of value or the world currency even it's it does kind of undermine bitcoin a little bit because if we transition say and say hypothetically like bitcoin maximum is going to be really mad at me now we're pissing off everyone but hmm. say bcash took over Ugh. bitcoin okay say hypothetically that happens what why would anyone then trust bcash to hold its value long term and be the store of value if it was so easy for bcash to take over from bitcoin you know yeah so there is i mean there is a reason i i and i'm trying to kind of just play devil's advocate here yeah with with bitcoin specifically i think for all these dApps and all these decentralized you know social media platforms or privacy for your health records there's fucking amazing use cases yeah. for that kind of stuff but for bitcoin which is the one Tr like true, proven yeah proven use case for this huge issue that the whole world had and now has been solved with bitcoin um part of that is the intrinsic value and the value that people give it even mm -hmm. the sentimental value mm -hmm. that people give it because that that's bitcoin that's recognizable and if you replace it with another currency yeah well what's to keep that currency from getting replaced from with something else you know and now all of a sudden the whole thing falls apart because it's all built on people giving it value in the first place. Yeah. I'm not, uh, you know, too uh, experienced with commodities and things like that, but has silver ever been uh, more valuable than gold on like a one-to-one -one basis? I mean, the dollars used to be made out of silver, silver dollars. I have no idea. You have no idea because what, what I'm trying to get at is, is like there can be a silver to a gold. So when you look at, when you look at Bitcoin and you look at it, you can kind of make the, the resemblance of saying, Hey, that's gold. I look at it as a store of value, just like a gold is a store of value. Right. Why can't there be a silver? Except it's easier to transport. Why? Easier to send across uh, yeah. the, yep. Show, show for 10 seconds. There it is. <laughs> uh, Anything can be that. Everything has value. Agreed. But what I, what I mean is like on a large scale basis, like you can have a gold and a silver. Like, yeah. So, so Coke and Pepsi. Yeah something like that yeah i don't i don't see like you kind of know what i'm getting yeah at yeah here. you're saying they can both exist at they, the same time absolutely. It's not like one has to take over the other exactly mm -hmm. there doesn't yeah. need to be only one it doesn't need to only be bitcoin well and with with uh protocols like stellar which as far as i know and i've i'm now getting to that point where i know that i realize i don't know anything mm -hmm. um but as far as i know about stellar is it's not turing complete and so it can't really be used to build like these C-based type dApps. Uh, it's more like a quick transaction type thing. That's that's one where you see, um, you know, transaction high volume transactional products can be built on top of that because 
those it does need to be done in an instant if you're standing in line in the coffee shop that's the use case exactly and like bitcoin that's not the use case yep. i think someone tweeted this um which was like the use case for bitcoin isn't to buy starbucks mm -hmm. the use case for bitcoin is the fucking the currency crisis in venezuela or the mm -hmm. currency crisis in, in greece Turkey. like there needs to be a safe place for people to put their money where it's not under the control of dictators or people who just get careless with shit yeah. and ruin it you know we work hard for our money we want to keep it and so it's there's there's going to be other like quick transactional type things out there yeah one i'm just going off your point here but it, it put yourself in the shoes of a venezuelan or a greek citizen mm -hmm. right and you you know about bitcoin just like we know about bitcoin how much easier is it to describe bitcoin and and tell about the use cases to your fellow greek citizen as opposed to trying to explain it to an american because the American, like we, we take it for granted. Oh, all of these things, all of these things happen, uh, like over there in Greece and Turkey, where it, it, the things that Bitcoin is needed for. Although there are some, right? right. I, I should be able to transfer peer to peer without a third party, something like that. Um, and certainly, everyone has their own uh, problems with their ba their bank and and things like right. that. But how much easier is it for a Greek citizen to go to his fellow Greek citizen and say? Hey, you know how the bank took all of our money? I have this. I have this. I have this system. And then the guy would be like, "Yes." Hey, you remember the time the bank took all our money? What are you talking about? <laughs> when did that happen? Checks bank account. They, they, I think they said something around like eighteen to twenty percent uh, of Turkish citizens. Now I have to check this out because it was just a statistic uh, put on Twitter, but it went from like two to eighteen percent, uh, like. Turkish citizens either investing or knowing about Bitcoin. I think it was investing. I wouldn't be. Sh I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Does Does anyone here know the U.S. How many people in the U.S. are? We can bring those stats on yeah. next time, but I don't have that off the top of my head. I mean, they're not. Not everybody who uses it is going to answer a survey. I think. True. Sure. Right. I, I also think to to Q's point, you don't know what people are going to do with your cryptocurrency. You don't know when pe when they made Bitcoin. Do you, did they think that there was going to be a Venezuelan government fail and they were? Gonna, you don't know what people are going to use different cryptos for. So there's a, you know, that's what I was saying is there's a value in everything. True. So the value that you see, if you've studied everything about every single Ethereum challenger, and then you are an expert on that, you still don't know if people may use Ethereum for a video game that doesn't make any sense to you in five years. You have yeah. no idea where these things are going and, and we're so early on. And I think I, I want to ask you guys a question real quick. To, to my knowledge, when I first joined the ICO Alert team, when we were going through a bull run, when everything was up 100x green all day, every day, who Good could get days. the most green? You know, <laughs> the, the rhetoric around cryptocurrency and blockchain in general was we were telling stories about what each project was. This is what this does. This is kind of like this. This is designed to this. The team is building this. They have a legitimate team from the VP of Samsung or, you know, the, the head of ESPN endorsed this sports blockchain project we were talking about the project and the people behind it and then the prices went up and we're like i'm rich how much yeah. money am i gonna make tomorrow oh look at this price look at this it became number. about look the price pers and so now and then the price dips because nobody's talking about the technology and nobody's trading on it nobody's interested in it and i think that's kind of how the cycle goes and it's going to weed out every single person who doesn't give a damn about blockchain and then as soon as you become complacent and you forget about it and then you're like frustrated and then you're like, you know, I don't even care. There will be people who are like, well, you know, maybe the price is low, but I really like this team. I think I'm going to invest in this. All of a sudden they go 100x, they go 1000x. Mm -hmm. 
And you realize that studying the projects and educating and being educated about it is more important than looking at a chart and hating on somebody else. Right. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And to, and to touch on the education part, I think a lot of times us in this office and even most of our audience, we're in North America. Like we're in the fucking 1% already of the world. And with the use case for Bitcoin in general being this way to transfer money without this oppressive bank or state being the main use case, I think there's still so many people that don't even know that this shit exists. Yep. There's so many people in countries that are third world countries that, you know, their money, they, maybe they get money, maybe they trade, maybe who knows what they do. That we ha we are so blessed to be able to sit here and talk about these cutting edge technologies. Yeah. And it's easy for me to be like, well, I don't, I'm, I'm not worried about Bitcoin right now because, you know, I can just go to the bank and take out money or I can Venmo someone on my phone. Mm -hmm. You know, like how, like how, what a first world fucking problem it is that I need to like ask you for your Venmo name and there might be one that looks the same. Yeah. Like what an issue that is. Meanwhile, there's people in third world countries in Venezuela who, you, I heard that, that they're actually taking the money from Venezuela now and weighing it on a scale mm -hmm. instead of counting it because it's so hyperinflated. Yeah. So if you have 10 pounds of this, fucking worthless paper now then it's enough for a watermelon or whatever mm. and so i think there needs to be like i, I don't want to say like paradigm shift but there needs to be the shift of like information that gets into these areas where they they're not they're not just sitting around and like speculating and it's it's a real shit like we need this then that that's not that's not a problem for us in the u.s we don't need bitcoin in the u.s we want bitcoin in the u.s I love it. I think it's an amazing thing. But there's so many third world countries out there, so many countries that actually need this shit. And if we could just get the information to them, get the education to them, you know, sometimes there might be some barriers if, if they don't have the right internet or network or phones or something like that. But with that picking up too, that if we could spread the information to those people, you're going to see the use case start to pick up a lot more. And I'm, I'm pretty much like a Bitcoin maximalist at this point. <laughs> I mean, I, I love what you just said, everything what you just said. And I'm going to show ICO Alert for a second real quick. Mm -hmm. We're doing that. We're out here trying to spread the message for, out for people, for everybody to know. And I know that there's been a lot of speculation about ICOs in general. But the reason I was excited to join the team, and I'm still just as invested as I was the day I interviewed here, is the fact that when I, as a young brother from Queens, New York, from the hood, and then came up you know, in a suburban neighborhood in, in Scarsdale. And I saw, I met all of these people who were rich and they had money and my family was broke and our parents were broke and my parents' parents were broke all the way down from slavery and, and all this kind of stuff. As a young black brother, I'm not used to seeing a lot of black people who have money and have all these opportunities and things. And so when I got up into my career and I started having success and I'm flying around the country and meeting different people and working at companies and making money and getting checks, I'm like, it's time for me to invest, buy a house, do all this kind of stuff. I'm going to get some stocks. And they were like, oh, you, you need a million dollars to buy a stock. So what the fuck? <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I, I can't invest. Like, I can't buy. What, what's going on? And then when I learned about crypto, it was like, listen, young brother, you can own something. When I learned about ICOs, it was like, you can invest in a company. Mm -hmm. You can be a part of something bigger than yourself. Mm -hmm. And you can change the financials, a new financial system that you didn't have an opinion on for the last one. You can create something new. 
So that's why I'm saying I'm like I'm passionate about don't hate on another crypto company. If it's illegitimate, do your research. You should have yeah. known that. There's so many startups that people have invested in from Listerine to Wrigley's gum that people thought were stupid or were scams right. mm-hmm. or the, the team sucked and then they blew up. And the people that really did the research and believed in the team, they won. If you yeah. lost in trading in ICOs or crypto, that's like a rites of passage. We all, we've all lost a lot of things, you mm-hmm. know, investing in this stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you're still in the space and you care about where it's going from a blockchain perspective, you don't have time to be hating on another coin. You should be really, you should be starting your own coin. You should be starting your own project or starting mm-hmm. a marketing company or, or working with us to figure out how we can educate people in different countries for more use cases to help the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, that it's it's important to draw a line or, or at least uh, differentiate between doing your due diligence and, and drawing uh, like a, a criticism, constructive criticism about a project as compared to just going on Twitter and being like, this is a fucking shit coin. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like we like, I mean, it's fun. Like, to, you know, sometimes to do that or be like, Oh my God, like, you know, Dogecoin, are you kidding me? But you never know when the use case for Doge could blow up. And it does. They have a community yeah. at the end of the day. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Like these Bitcoin is only backed by the fucking trust from everyone in the system that it has value. Mm. And so you, I mean, there is, you know, constructive criticism to be drawn. And I think yeah. that's a very important part yeah. of this industry is people who are doing the due diligence and, you know, pointing out that, hey, you've got some hurdles to overcome with with any of these projects, of course. But uh, to just go on Twitter or go on the message boards and yeah. just be like a fudster, like, what the fuck? Can, yeah. Don't you have anything better to do with I, your time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, as far as ICOs go, uh, we all want them back. Um, n- there's not any money being raised in retail. Uh, and the reason being, uh, that is always given at least is that everyone's licking their wounds. Well, that's true, but it's also been, you know, five, six, seven months since we, you know, dropped to the bottom, uh, at least mostly to the bottom. My point being is that six, seven months, I'm ready to jump back in. I've made money through just paychecks, you know, made money through various ways, and I'm ready to invest in ICOs and invest in projects, but, you know, you can have all these pie in the sky thoughts about, you know, investing in the project and all these things. But if it dumps as soon as it hits an exchange, Mm. why can't, why wouldn't I just invest in that project on the exchange? That's the problem I have with right Mm. now. And I had the coinless guys were in the office the other day and we had the same conversation. Like, like people, I think are, we're essentially risk takers. We're like, if you're in crypto, you have a little bit of a risk you know, uh, you're not risk averse. Um, and you know, I think some people would a hundred percent invest in crypto projects again through initial coin offerings, but every, I I haven't seen an initial coin offering that, you know, goes through the entire process, gets listed and doesn't fall below the price that you, you bought it at, at the ICO price. Now, maybe you can get a bonus, uh, and you got a 20% buffer there. Right. But, I, we just need to see projects like not dump once they get listed on an exchange, and that and, and that's it. And that's it. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it, it's definitely a problem. That's keeping seeing it, them get dumped on. If you have probably five hundred thousand, five hundred or a thousand. I didn't mean five hundred thousand, but five hundred thousand dollars that you can just throw into some projects that you you are generally interested in, like you're saying. But why? If it's right. just going to dump immediately and you can pick it up for half the price at exchange. That's my problem with ICOs right now, and it yeah. needs to change. Well, and when the model is that you're going to do a bonus or something 
you're going to do a pre-ICO. You're going to do a bonus it, with retail investors. You're going to do a bonus. Like what? You're just asking for your shit to get dumped on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, there's yeah. no lockup period or anything, and yep. you're giving these people a 25% bonus. What like? That's why securities, IRAs, all that kind of stuff have three to four year lockup periods. Because yep. retail investors are stupid. They're just like, as soon as they see red, like, oh, I'm dumped. Sell it all. Yeah. Sell yeah. it, Billy. And and it's like, <laughs> well, what what about the project? I thought we were I thought we were bros. Like I thought right. we were going long together. And and I think to your point, Q. Um, there's got to be a new way to, for these companies to make money. They need to make money. They need to have a, a way to raise revenue. They need to have a, a, a business model. At the end of the yeah. day, an ICO that's legitimate is it just a company that's legitimate. Yeah, that makes money. Yeah, have a way to make money. Don't just raise money. And I mean, that's been a problem for a long time. Yeah, like all these companies they raise money. They don't know what to do with it. Then they have lazy books. That yeah. that happens too. People were negligent. Companies were negligent uh, because millions of dollars were given to these teams of two people uh, or two or three people that had no business having a legitimate business. They had a cool idea, maybe, but even a bad idea in 2017 could get you millions of dollars. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. Uh, But there needs to be more legitimacy in the space that makes people more comfortable with investing. They don't want to invest in a project that, that, you know, they're not going to invest on just pure speculation anymore saying this is a shit project but everything's going on 10x you know um there needs to be more legitimacy but we got to figure out the issue god knows that some of these exchanges are taking tokens for to be listed on an exchange and guess what they're doing with the with the with the tokens yeah exactly Mm, so so uh, there needs to be something i just can't wait for because the ico is is shouldn't go away um it just we need it needs to be fixed or it, it Partly it's the market too. Don't get me wrong. Like partly it's just the entire market's down. Yeah. Right. But like we all want ICOs to come back. You're talking about it. You want to be invested in a project. There's no better way than an I- at ICO stage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, boys, I think that's about it. Ryan, it's been a pleasure. You stayed a little bit more inside the box this episode. True. Than that last one where we had to, you know, completely cut you off and we had to get like security and shit in here. It was yeah, crazy. Took them out. Yeah, How, why did they them. let them back in? I yeah. don't want the man to silence me again. Okay? So, no, but thank you for having me on the round table. It looks quite round today. It know? does look a little bit more round. We did some, like, camera tricks. Well, yeah. I don't know. This looks like a pretty straight edge here. So. <laughs> the camera, the camera took 10 pounds off, right? Is that it? Yeah. Off or on? Our, uh, there isn't camera. much that's taking 10 pounds <laughs> off of me these days. So, uh, I think nice. that's it, boys. Sound good? Yep. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, this is a great episode. I think we got a little deep. We did get a little deep. Yeah. We started off goofy, but, you know, whoever that guy was that uh, said have show notes, there Thanks, it is, guy. man. We gave it to you. Appreciate you. So, And we still we still barely followed them. We didn't even talk about the one news story that we were supposed to talk about. But we, You can't put us in a box. We're following yeah. Ryan's lead. Can't put us in a box. Those everything EOS guys, are, they're all about, you know, let's hit this check mark and, you know, <laughs> welcome to everything EOS. Can, can we end that call? Data <laughs> analyst. <laughs> <laughs> they tried to get they tried to write in a portion of their episode where I